Blessed Christmas, everyone. Now, my friends, you do know we have three other Masses, <laughs> 7 and 10. And it won't be this full. I pray it will be. But my friends, my, my priest's heart is overwhelmed with joy when I see um, Christ's church filled um, with so many wonderful people. And that is the great sign of hope for all of us. Amen? My friends, this night full of light, we try to mirror that with the way we do our environment with candles burning brightly. And we hear from the prophet Isaiah, and we've heard from him uh, all of Advent and um, the different readings for the different masses throughout the, the night uh, have Isaiah beginning, and uh, uh, one of them uh, that usually is done at midnight, uh, Isaiah says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, now light is shown. This light is also spoken of in the gospel. And it said there were shepherds in the region keeping their night watch, and the glory of the Lord shone all about them. The same light is manifested to each one of you. God fills this night with light for us. This light is not cold and impersonal. It is a light that gently penetrates our hearts and fills it with joy. As the angels told the shepherds, do not be afraid. For behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people, all of us. Why does this light of Christmas bring joy? We are told that a child is born, a son given to us. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you who is Christ and Lord. And St. Paul speaks very, very well when he says, when the kindness and generous love of God, our Savior, appeared. St. Paul would go on to say, this is done to save us. This is the light that shines in this world's darkness. This is the profound meaning of Christmas. My friends, I listen uh, to people's interpretations of scriptures and uh, their understanding of Christianity in 2022. And um, one of the things I want to impart to you is that when it comes to God and his son, and God uh, sent his son to us, and God was not so much angered or disappointed with us, as he was brokenhearted by the decisions we make and the way we treat each other. He's not angry. His heart was broken. And so God, in his great love, he sends something for us. And it is revealed in the most tangible way in the incarnation of Jesus of Nazareth. And this love brings us light and joy. It does not, he did not come to condemn us. It's in the scriptures. Pick it up and read. Our world can be so hard and so pessimistic and so violent and disturbed by so much senseless crime and selfishness and of late obsessed with many strange things. So, 
the normal thing would be for God to reveal himself to the world as a judge that comes to inflict deserved punishment. But instead, he manifests his gratuitous love by sending his only begotten son, who presents himself as a baby, meek and mild and harmless. The presence of the Son of God in our midst is to reveal to us, above all, that we have been loved by God. And we have not merited it. God loves us. He did it because he is love. And that's what he does. He loves. His love is gift. This is the fundamental revelation at Christmas time that we must not only come to understand, but we must accept this teaching. And we do so with joy, just like little children do tomorrow morning when they wake up and get all their Christmas prizes, as I call it. God sent his son because he loves us. And Jesus came to tell us that we are loved just as we are, notwithstanding weaknesses and sadness. And he came to point out that we need to treat each other differently. To give his father glory, this is one of the ways we go about it. To the contrary, my friends, uh, people will tell you that Christianity, God hates you or doesn't love you or you must do in order for him to love you. That is not true. God loves us because he is love and he loves us because he wants to save us, meaning he wants us to spend eternity with him. And many people think that they first must become good and holy before God will love them. But it, that is not true. It is the opposite. He loves us first because we need to be loved first before we can love others and do good and be holy. So he comes first doing this. God offers each person this generous love that saves and transforms them from within. The other way of thinking puts us at a dead-end path that will always lead to discouragement and disappointment and despair. But the gratuitous love of God fills each who will accept it. And with it comes light and joy and most importantly, eternal life. It gives us the courage to move forward in our times and to assume the right attitude in our relations with others. So important to God is how we treat each other. Jesus said it over and over again in many, many different ways so that we would get it into our heads and our hearts so that we would understand it. Whatever you do for one of the least of mine, you do to me. Matthew's Gospel. St. John, the beloved, explains, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son so that everyone who believes and lives by this belief in him might not perish, but might have life eternal. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of John, chapter 3, 16. So my friends, I bid you all walk in this light of Christmas and its understanding. Let it envelop you. Let this statement fall on you. God loves you. There is nobody in this room, in this house, 
or outside. <laughs> Most people really know what it means when there's no room in the inn. <laughs> that God is not love. Whatever circumstances one finds themselves in, you can be assured of this, that God loves you. And do not listen to anyone who tells you otherwise, because that is not scripture. But it is up to you to accept or reject him. And in doing so, to reject his gift of love. But it is a gift. It is your decision. In his church, there is a benediction and grace always. In commemoration of his incarnation, his birth, we have lit candles, not only at the altar, but throughout the church. But also, we do this as it symbols what it should be in our heart, a certain type of fellowship with each other and hope, knowing that our experiences of unity and human relationships are more compelling than any ideologies or concepts or fears or prejudices that can and have divided so many in the world. The tiny flames that burn in the church are to be the ones that burn in your heart of love and peace and joy all year round, my friends. And in this, we Christians can have great joy in the midst of so much. My friends, Jesus comes only the brilliance of the Father. He sends him as a baby, not in glory and omnipotence, but needing the care of humans. What baby doesn't need a human, to, an adult, to take care of it? Hmm? Just as all babies become the central point of attention in the family, I guarantee you guys are central points with mom and dad. Jesus becomes the center of Christmas. And just as a newborn baby changes the lives of the parents, did they not? Mom and dad. So Jesus' incarnation forever changed our world. So my friends, it is my custom every Christmas to say this following statement. If you have not yet found the perfect gift for someone because the storm got in your way, here are some suggestions. And these gifts cannot be purchased at any price. They can only be given freely and received freely. The gift of forgiveness to one who has caused you harm or hurt. The gift of charity and patience and tolerance to one who makes you crazy. <laughs> the gift of your attention to someone lonely and in need of just a smile or maybe just a hug. The genuine gift of warmth and love to family and friend alike. The gift of peace and hope to all you encounter, and to yourself, the gift of respect. For you have great dignity in the eyes of God your Father. You are precious to him. And as you have been loved greatly by God, he just simply asks that you go and do the same. My friends, when I think about it, God gave us not what we deserved the least, but needed the most. Love, which he has plenty of. We do have a gift, uh, always is in our parish on Christmas and Easter. We have a book, uh, it's by Father John Ricardo, and it's called Rescued. And everything that I spoke about, and much, much more, um, is inside the book. 
uh, please take one for yourselves and read it. Uh, as you go through that, it begins to really pique your curiosity. The rescue project is going to come to our parish starting January 5th, and we'll begin to meet and go over this journey. And it's wonderful. It brings together faith and scriptures and experience, as in the beginning days with the apostles. And it'll help you to grow closer and closer to Christ and to come more and more uh, in touch with his love. So everyone can take a book on your way out for yourselves. And then again, as you read it, uh, the Rescue Project is coming to our parish uh, January 5th. Amen? Amen? On behalf of our uh, staff and our musicians and all of the ministers, we want to wish you a blessed and merry, merry Christmas. We love you. More importantly, as I said, God loves you. Amen?